Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today I'm very excited to change gears a bit. Most of my episodes, as you know, have been with fashion entrepreneurs, but today I'm with someone who is disrupting the confectionery space or the chocolate industry, which I believe is about, if I'm not mistaken, $8 billion disruption industry. I'm with Jake Carls, and he co-founded Midday Squares um, with his sister and with his um, brother-in-law. Jake, uh, thanks again for taking the time to chat with me. I'm really excited and pumped to have you. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. I'm super fired <laughs> up. When the first time I met you, in person was I could I didn't even know and I was in New York City and he was the only person with a bag that said something in French so I knew by <laughs> I couldn't I never saw an image of you before but I knew just by the bag out of all the people in New York it had to be you and uh, when I met you I was fired up so I'm pumped about this podcast we're going to get into a great conversation I think the chocolate business is actually 165 billion dollars worldwide so we're wow. we're trying to disrupt that space and then And uh, yeah, we're on our way to do it every single day, bar by bar. We're getting there. Well, and, and how many bars have you guys sold? Like, as you guys have were founded about three years ago, and you guys already produced a significant amount of bars. So, how many bars have you know been eaten thus far? Okay, so eaten, there must have been over 5.5 to 6 million chocolate bars. That's what I would say. Um, that means there was 10 million squares produced. Um, tw wow. 10 million. So if you think about that, that's a third, almost a third of Canada, entire population. And I think what's really cool is that we don't outsource our manufacturing. We don't co-manufacture. We do everything in-house. We built it. We built the automation out. It's a customization of a, a fully automated line. And um, I think that's my, my favorite part about the business is it's, it's not the marketing. It's not the, that. It's that, that I can go every single day into a manufacturing plant, think, think modern day Willy Wonka and see chocolate <laughs> bars being made from zero to a hundred. It's the coolest thing. And you know, what I really like about your company is it's something that's very authentic. If anyone takes time to go onto your Instagram, you could see, you know, what everyone is done doing who works for your company. You guys did something about humans of New York, a spinoff that. So we chatted with those who are working, really making the bars and cutting them up. So I think that's, what's really cool. Ryan, I think authenticity and transparency allows for relatability. And relatability is probably the most powerful tool in business right now. Because when consumers can relate to the business, whether that's from a humanization of the product or the personalization, the customization, whatever it is, that relatability allows you to break through the attention barrier that we have in today's world. Everyone's yeah. attention is limited, right? Because we have social media, we have so many platforms, so much content every single day in our faces. The only thing that sticks through is the one that's authentic because authentic authenticity, again, relates to our human life. And when it relates, that creates that type of a customer obsession or fan base that you want to call it. And something that will never will always stick with me, Ryan, is when I was in was visiting one of my investors in New York, and he's an investment banker. And... He's like, let's go to a party. And I was like, okay, whatever. Who's going to be there? You know, I was just curious. And he's like, it's just all investment bankers. You'll be the only odd one out because I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> and I'm, an, I'm a chocolate entrepreneur, you know? So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I love meeting people. My superpower is to connect with people. So I was like, I'm going to come. I walk into the party. No, no joke. Kid you not. The first thing I get swarmed by these people, these investment bankers, and they come up to me. I have no idea who they are. And they're like, Jake, oh my God, how is Fred doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm saying to myself, who, what do they talk? Who's Fred? I'm not Fred. 
Like, what are they talking about? And then it clicked in my mind that they're talking about my plant manager. Fred was on our, was on our Instagram the week before he had a breakdown with all the overwhelming stuff that was going on. And we showed that authenticity from it and they related to Fred. And it was the coolest thing that, you know, they were able to relate to a character part of the midday squares journey. And I think that's where the future of storytelling and marketing is moving to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's that it's that connection. And the fact that they knew Fred that that says it all, you know, because they're like, I really want to support Fred and yep. Midday Squares as a whole. Not not only Jake, yeah. you know, your brother, Alvin, your sister, but also yeah. Fred, who is working there and is also dependent, you know, on that them acquiring or consuming uh, Midday Squares. But I guess, you know, can can you share just a brief overview of midday squares and like what type of products you're selling and we know it's chocolate but just so the listeners who haven't engaged with your instagram um or your linkedin can can be aware yeah so midday squares is what we call the first functional chocolate bar we that's what we create that's our first product it's basically imagine taking a chocolate bar real chocolates or you know darker chocolate and having a baby with a protein bar, but getting rid of the junk that's in protein <laughs> bars. So like, it's not a protein bar, but it's, it's a chocolate bar, but it has a little bit more functionality to it. So when you eat it, it satisfies your hunger for three to four hours. It gives you that mid midday energy that you need. And it's clean ingredient. That's all it is. It's, it's a chocolate bar with real foods, real chocolate, and keeps you full for three to four hours. And I think what's unique about midday squares is that in the space, there are so many, it's such a saturated market. If you look at it, there's so many chocolate bars and there's so many protein bars. There's, there's no one doing that hybrid. Um, and people love to indulge, but also get some sort of function. Yeah. And we were able to create that baby of that of those two things. And I think that that was the white space within a saturated market. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And you guys have three flavors. And I believe, so you have the dark chocolate, you have the peanut butter. I forget the third flavor that you guys almond, have. What's al- al- almond crunch. Almond Crunch. And I know that you guys were working on making a fourth, but I think that also shows what goes on inside about you guys really making the best possible yes. product. And you may, it has to be super perfect. So I, I, that's great that when you guys do add more products, we know it's going to be on par and a, and a superior a superior product to what, what else is out there. Exactly. We're not going to release a product unless it's, if it, unless it's fuck yeah, excuse my language, Ryan, but that's- No, no, you, you can curse as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth is, is, is we, we, we made a fourth flavor and the fourth flavor was coconut, coconut chocolate. And it was delicious in my opinion, but you know, it didn't pass through the fuck yeah test. And what that means is, is it's like, if we're going to release something and our customers are going to eat it, we want to keep their trust and we want to make sure that they're having an unbelievable experience and product. And if we can't do that at that high rate, then we're not going to launch. We'll just wait to make the next one that will be better and better and better. Because at the end of the day, you always got to strive for excellence, whether that's through customer experience, whether that's through product development, whether that's through your storytelling or your community. It, it's just like, if you, if you lack on one of them, it will affect all of the different departments because then there's a disconnect. So for us, again, our biggest statement, our biggest motto, if it's not fuck yeah, then it's absolutely no. And that's, that's all. Yeah. Well, but the fuck yeah, is a, it's a great way to, to, you know, to describe it because if you try something that you adore, you know, that's, what's going to come out of your mouth. You're like, fuck yeah, I want more. So uh, I, I like that, that bar that you have that you have to reach. Um, but now I do want to chat about, you know, because you guys are very community driven, you guys have a true following. So um, how did you guys start D2C and why do you think that has been important in your journey of success thus far? 
So yeah, D2C has definitely been great for us because it allows us to, um, it's almost like a marketing tool. It allows us to get customers product uh, quickly and um, if they don't want to go to a store. But the cool part is we control the experience. So for example, we send a Polaroid picture of the three of us, we might two partners with a handwritten custom note to every first time customer that allows them to feel that humanization um, beyond just having a good chocolate bar, right? And it's actually, we're a 45% D2C business, 55% retail wholesale. And we actually want to move closer to a 70-30 business, 70% yeah. retail, 30% D2C, because um, retail, believe, believe it or not, in our opinion, is still the powerhouse um, and is still the most dominant. I think D2C is, is great. And if you don't have an omni-channel approach in, in today's CPG world, you're in trouble. But for us, you know, being 45% is quite high. So yeah, we started it. It allows us to control the experience. It allows us to get buzz on Instagram right off the bat. And uh, yeah, we use models like influencer marketing, we use Facebook, Instagram marketing, um, YouTube, Google, um, and it drives traffic not only uh, to our website where they'll buy the product for D2C, but it actually drives it to the store locator page, which is where our retailers are at. And we're seeing yeah. about 8,000 to 9,000 unique customers on that store locator page per month, which is a lot, which means wow. over 100,000 people are looking for stores to purchase this product. It, have you found that when you're chatting with the retailers that it makes a difference to the fact that you have such a large following um, on your G2C channels? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is, is a lot of the time we're seeing that the buyers are finding us through the online marketing and the buzz and the hype yeah. about the business. And then they're like, oh, wow. And then, yeah, they're pumped that we're half-half business because it actually drives more awareness to their stores from new customers because because of our following, right? Because of our deep community. So I think it's been an advantage for us. They see us showing our reality show online and it goes, you know, sometimes our stuff gets 50, 100, 200,000 views. Those are a lot of, a lot of people viewing our stuff, you know? So you could just imagine why we invest so much dollars into telling the story and then using that on the, you know, the marketing side for e-com. Yeah, and, and you know, I think as a buyer, if I were a buyer in their shoes, it's, it's something more like a, you know, it, it puts an ease to them because you know they're as you know they're raving about what the sell through is like, so they know that there's a ray of following, then that they mitigate the risk that way if they proceed so with we, the buy. So what we do is we do two things: we get their attention through the social media, the storytelling, the marketing, and then they fall in love with the taste of the product. But then we have fact based selling, so we show them the turns, the sell throughs through other types of stores and how high they are. And that's why we're not in every single store. We don't want to be everywhere because we want to focus on depth of each store. We want to be the number one yeah. in the set in each store that we sell it. Meaning we want to be above the way above the average and have a lot of turns, right? Because we're a fresh product and we live in the fridge, our shelf life's not two years, it's 90 days, which is three months, which isn't that long. So our focus every single day is when we open up a retailer, we push the volume to the highest in the retailer so that we could sell, sell, sell. Then we move on to more as, as as we know that our awareness goes up. That's how we do yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that, that's it's a good it's a good way to approach. I think it's great. Um, but you know, we spoke about you already mentioned about CPG and how you guys are kind of changing the landscape. Um, what do you think the future of um, the CPG industry is, and how does Midday Squares respond to that future, and how they are a part of that future? most definitely think that the future of CPG is going to be about authenticity, transparency, both on the story side, but also on the food transparency side. So like basically, what do these foods do in your body? What does this ingredient do? Does it spike your blood sugar level? Does it not? I think that's the future of food CPG and beverage CPG. 
But I do think that from a branding standpoint and, and a community standpoint, if you're not going to go build a community, you are in trouble. You are in big trouble because yeah. community will drive everything. It will drive the sales. It will drive the other companies off the shelves and putting your product in there because of the demand and that your army wants that. Um, so for us, yeah, we believe that if you're not onto that now, if you're not building that transparency or that real connection between the customer where it's not a transaction, it's more of a relationship and it's like you're breeding fans instead of customers. That's how you're going to win and get to the top quickly, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's how you guys have sold so, so many bars in such a short time and, you know, and you're moving forward. Um, and we, and I know I'm touching upon this again, but like I mentioned the authenticity that you guys do. And even like recently, there was two stories I saw on your Instagram. One was the recent lawsuit that you guys were served by Hershey Kellogg's. And then the other one was when you guys were had the backlog and it showed like how much sweat and tears you guys have put into the business, which I think is, is an amazing thing for the consumer to see that, you know, you guys are hundred percent for the company. Yeah, no. So for us, we had, yeah, we have some stuff, little, you know, we had seasons assist sent from Hershey's and Kellogg's for packaging stuff. And a lot of drama happened from there. And, you know, we, we shared the authentic story of how much that changes the business and, and does things. And that, that type of authenticity allowed us to have our consumers get behind us and believe in us and be like, yeah, this, this is crazy. This is actually what happens. This is what actually goes into a business. And this is what actually yeah. goes into entrepreneurship. And that again, creates more customer obsession because what it does is it creates more fuel to them to want to support. And when they want to support more and more and more, they do more and more things for you as a business. And it's a two-way road though. You know, if you're not going to give the, the, the customer that respect of being true and authentic, you know, in everything you do, whether that's if you fuck up, make a mistake or you know, you're not going to get the, the road, the way back from them. You know, you need to have, it's, it's almost like a partnership um, yeah. with your customers or your fans, whatever you want to call it, your guests. So for us, our way of doing that is to be so real and raw that they know exactly who we are. They see us in the street. They say hi to us because they know us and they feel like they're a best friend or a family member, not, not so much a customer. So when they go in that grocery store and they see 30,000 other different products and they see midday squares, it shines bright like a diamond because like, Oh, I know Jake, Nick and Les in the midday squares team. I love, I love them so much. And I'm going to grab their product. They no longer just see, Oh, that's a healthy, amazing chocolate bar. No, they see the human side of it and the purpose and the, and the, the raison d'être. And I think that that's where we're going to win at a very rapid rate. And we're way ahead of the the, 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 the pack in this. And for us, we have a saying dry and we're, when we're on the side of the majority, you got to think and, and look at what's going on because we don't like to be on the side of the majority ever. We don't like to be where the herd is. Um, we we want to build our own path that's unraveling as we go and unknown, you know, and I think that's what makes midday squares so magical. Yeah. And that's how what you stand out. And well, you know, and, and when you guys were going through the, these hardships, did you, did a lot of your community come out to you and like DM you guys and say, you know, we're here to support. And did you see a lot of feedback from your community when you share these, you know, truly authentic stories? Oh my God. The thousands of comments and messages and this getting behind us, believing in us, you know, firing us up and, and supporting yeah. at, at, at the highest, like things that like your family would do for you during hard times, you know? So I think that that creates, something very special. Um, and it creates a bond that is priceless. You can't pay for it. You can't buy that bond. It's impossible. So 
So for us, it's like whenever we have crisis, you know, because here's the thing, we don't only show the good and that's why it's, it works because we show the good and the bad and the ugly. So that yeah. shows the full circle of emotions from, let's say I told you, anger, sad, happy, this, that. And again, it all relates back to relatability. Other entrepreneurs are going through the exact same problem, for example, during those seasons assists, and they could see and they could feel and they could see that someone else is going through it and they could, they can understand, they could feel good. And a lot of companies reached out to us and said, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Just thank you. And I think that's the power of building something real. And if you look at the public market, if you look at the public market, the stock market, if you look at companies like Saputo, Kellogg's, you know, Hershey's, all these big CPG conglomerates, they're trading at a multiple between one and three times top line revenue, maybe four if they're lucky. If you look at a brand like Lululemon, who has a community, an authentic community, mm. they're trading at a, between a 12 and a 20 multiple on top line revenue. That's because there's such a worth to building something real and building an army that believes in something. And I think Midday Squares is going to do exactly that in the food space. It's never been done before in the food and beverage space. So maybe alcohol has done a little bit of it, but, but food and bev specifically has not. So what do you think is in the future for uh, Midday Squares? If you look into the, you know, the, a year from now and five years from now, where, where, do, you, where do you see Midday Squares? We want to be on the on the hill next to Hershey's. We that's the goal is to be, it's not to take the, it's not to take them down. It's to be a modern day chocolate conglomerate. Yeah. And what I mean by that is we want to be the acquirer. We want to start acquiring brands, not be acquired. And um, something unique about that is that we believe we really have a way of doing it through chocolate snacks, different chocolate snacks that are functional, plant based, real foods, real chocolate, and a great real community behind it. And I think we'll be able to get right next to them and show that there's a way of winning by being yourself. Yeah. And true to yourself. Great. And plant-based and good, good for you as well. It's good, good chocolate for you. So, um, and now I, the, you know, what I would like to close on with you, Jake is, you know, still just talk about Montreal. Do you have anything to say about Montreal or the province of Quebec? I know it's your product is made and you know, the good old province, but anything else you'd like to add? Montreal, Quebec um, has gotten behind Midday Squares and supported Midday Squares in many ways, both from a consuming standpoint, from a financing standpoint, from a lot of different things. We manufacture everything here. Our HQ is here. Um, this is our backyard. And uh, people from Quebec are super collaborative for you know companies from Quebec especially. And uh, people from the government, for example, like yourself, have been helping us out um, in terms of growing in other countries and doing things. So I think, you know, I think that's something special is that Quebec, Quebec has a lot of opportunity and, and aid for entrepreneurship. It's just, you got to go look for it. Um, and once you start building something, Quebec gets behind Quebec businesses to go global. And that's our goal is Saputo built a business here in Quebec that is globally top three in their space. We're going to do the exact same thing for chocolate. Imagine Hershey's Pennsylvania is called Hershey's Pennsylvania because of Hershey's. We're going to do that. Hopefully, we can make something called MDS Quebec. MDS Quebec. Um, <laughs> MDS Quebec. But at the same time, the goal, again, is, is to put, put Montreal on the map for globally for chocolate. Better for you, chocolate. Yeah. And, it's an, and also innovation. Chocolate innovation, creativity. Yep. You know, so that people are aware of that because I think people forget that, that that's you know, all that happens in the good old, good old city of Montreal. Um, 100%. You know, I, th this, I think this is a great conversation. You know, I am excited for us to meet again in New York and I'm excited for all the things that, you know, how I can help you and, you know, help 
continue to grow the business of Midday Squares. And um, I'll see you next time in New York or in Montreal. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Go fire up the engines. Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York.